Well, hey, whether you stumbled onto my podcast or you've been a longtime listener, I'm glad you're listening. What is this podcast all about? Well, it's about people just like me, just like you, about age 60, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, but you, like me, are trying to figure out how you're going to do life for this next 10, 20, 30 years. How are you going to stay healthy? What are you going to eat? Are you going to exercise? How are you going to do the things you really, really want to do in retirement? Uh, But most importantly, things that I think about go along these lines. How am I going to avoid assisted living? How am I going to maintain my independence? How am I going to enjoy life to its fullest until God says my time is done? Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Pushing 60 Aside with me, your host, Gene Fleming. Today I'm out going for a walk. Sometimes when I don't know what else to do, I go for a walk. It's the simplest form of exercise. Gets me out of the house, out from in front of the television set, away from my beloved dogs, uh, out in the fresh air. So on this particular podcast, you may hear the sounds of nature in the background. We may even get fortunate enough to get the sound of a passing train, an automobile. You're apt to hear birds chirping in the background. I hope you do, because this is the place to be right here, right here, out here in nature, at one with God and myself, taking a little bit of sunshine. It's in the cool of the afternoon. It's about uh, 6.30 local time in the evening, that is. And uh, so I do this just about every single day as a, uh, a way to wrap up my fitness requirements for the day. The daily walk, you know, I'm going no place in particular. In fact, I could walk in big circles around my neighborhood, uh, circling the lake, circling the uh, the block, walking forward, walking back the same direction I just came from, and uh, it's about movement. That's that's what it's about. I spend a lot of time teaching people in fitness. You know, yeah, sometimes six, seven hours a week, and the number one thing that I think slows us down as we age is the fact that uh, we kind of feel entitled to take it easier since we've left the workforce. It's easier to, uh, you know, do less. We don't have to go punch the clock anymore. Sometimes we've hired people to do menial tasks around our homes like yard work and repairs, things like that. But the number one thing that we need to do I believe, as we continue to age, is literally stay active. Now, sometimes you'll hear fitness gurus say, move more, eat less, you know. Well, you know, maybe if you're trying to lose weight, but what if you're just trying to get to old age and not to suffer? Aging is hard. You know that. I know that. We've watched our grandparents do it, our parents do it, and 
now we're getting ready to do it. Uh, maybe if you're like me, you're in your 60s. Maybe you're in your 70s. I know I've got some listeners that are in their 80s. And, you know, the ones that are uh, in my classes, that is, that are in their 80s, there's one thing I can assure you that these folks have in common, and, and, and that's the fact that they stay busy, they stay active, they stay on the go. They're still doing a lot of their own work at home. Some of them are still doing uh, jobs as far as employment goes. They choose to. They're also active in community, social, and church groups. They go to things, they go to concerts. Uh, they come to classes and exercise for no good reason at all, except that uh, they don't want to be weak and they don't want to be disabled. They don't want to be limited uh, where it comes to doing things they just want to do for, for fun. You know, maybe there's some place they've always wanted to go, maybe a vacation destination, maybe a hilltop they've always wanted to walk up to. But uh, they know that if they don't take care of themselves now with regard to their personal strength and their ability to, to move, uh, those dreams, those destinations, those bucket list items, uh, they'll, be, they'll be unattainable. They won't have the strength or the stamina to maybe go to someplace like... Uh, Savannah, Georgia, and go on a walking tour. Yeah, you just just won't have the the ability, the stamina to go out and go for a long walk around the city. Why recently I've had several members of my fitness classes that have gone on vacations in destinations around Europe. I'd like to do that. Uh, I would. I'd like to do that. Uh, my life doesn't really permit me to do overseas traveling right now. And uh, I'm not a real big fan of flying into different time zones. I've, I've done that plenty of times in my lifetime. And, and uh, you know, I'm quite happy. I, I kind of live in a vacation destination already. So... The best place to see the sights may be in my own hometown, as long as I'm out there like I am this afternoon. Just walking, right now I'm walking on a golf course. Uh, and I know not everybody lives on a golf course where they can just walk the cart path and get a couple of miles in in the afternoon. I'm fortunate enough to do that. But there are plenty of other places I could walk if, if I wanted to just go walk for exercise. One of the places we've often gone uh, and used it as a training ground, believe it or not, is cemeteries. Uh, we live in a hilly region at the foothills of the Lookout Mountain here in northeast Alabama. And just like the surrounding landscape, our, our cemeteries often have lots of hills. And so, you know, last year when I was training a group to climb Lookout Mountain, we trained in a cemetery. Sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? But the good thing about walking in a cemetery 
is there's a lot of reminders all around you of where you're in no rush to get to. I really don't ever think that I looked at a cemetery and longed for the day that I would someday be there too. And that they would write something clever on a tombstone. Uh, nah, probably just my date of birth and the date I expired. But it's not my goal to have a beautiful tombstone. It is my goal to take in as much of this beautiful world of ours as I can. To see as many different things in wildlife as I can. To uh, not lose my observational skills of looking for things. And so when I'm out here on these walks, even though it is a golf course, it has a stream that runs through it. It starts off with about a five acre lake and uh, plenty of trees, all kinds of trees. I'm walking next to a big cedar right now. And there's a cottonwood. Yeah, like those. There's plenty of uh, maples, sycamores, a few oaks, a variety of trees, tulip trees, poplar trees, and, uh, and an invasive species called uh, Bradford pears. Not really good for the environment. They look pretty when they bloom in the fall, but uh, supposedly they're not bee friendly. And uh, they're not very long lived trees, the Bradford pear. They're real susceptible to high winds and cracking and breaking and and uh so there's a few of those here on the golf course too uh there's some black walnut trees too and uh so i just take all this in you know and and i'm all the time looking for different species of birds today i might see different reptiles like turtles or snakes i may see amphibians like frogs or salamanders who knows one thing i do know though is if i'm not out here there's no chance at all of seeing these interesting and sometimes uh beautiful specimens of wildlife so now i have the distinct pleasure of uh, uh, at this very moment i'm walking through a tunnel believe it or not it goes under the highway here close to the house and uh, emerges on the other side for the other half of the golf course. And at times you may hear gravel crunching under my feet. That's okay. This is outdoors. This is where I'm supposed to be this afternoon. This is where I come out and feel a cool breeze. And I got a bright sun setting off to the west there. Wished I'd brought my sunglasses, but can't remember everything. But when I get out here and I can hear my rate of respiration increasing, I can look down at my Fitbit on my wrist and see what my heart rate is. I can uh, control the pace of what I'm doing. You know, I don't want to walk so fast or run so fast that I can't see anything. But I can control the pace to make sure that I'm getting more than just a casual walk, more than just a stroll in the outdoors. That uh, I know for me, I need to get up into about 115 beats a minute to even enter cardio for a person my age. And, uh, and if I can get a little bit beyond that, my heart gets a really good workout. So 
I can't dally. I have to I have to pick it up and put it down and and kind of press my walk forward. So I have found that sometimes I enjoy walking with friends, but if walking with friends gets into a conversation, a deep conversation especially, our pace tends to slow down. I can remember years ago uh, training a, a woman that's now become a good friend, Deborah. You've heard me mention her on the podcast before. I know she'll listen to it. And Hey, Deborah, giving you another shout out. Uh, but uh, sometimes if we got engaged in conversations, I would notice we'd just start walking slower and slower and slower. <laughs> you know, so we weren't, we weren't really accomplishing our goal of uh, getting the cardiovascular exercise done. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, uh, I know <laughs> and I hear feedback from the people I train that uh, they're not real fond of doing cardio. This last week in my classes, the goal was to take the class on a, on a, a one-mile brisk indoor walk uh, because it's unlikely that many of them are exercising outside of class. Now, it's good they're coming to the classes and that we get a little bit of cardio, but usually that's 15, 20, 25 minutes tops. And, uh, and the intensity is not always there. And granted, some of the folks have limited ability, you know, uh, walking even in place at a brisk pace is difficult for them. And I respect where they are. I mean, my gosh, they're 75, 80, 85 years old still coming to exercise classes, it's all good. It beats, as I say in the classes often, it beats sitting at home on a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday morning watching The Price is Right, <laughs> you know? So they're out, they're engaged socially, they're exercising, but I put them on a, a one mile pace as uh, fast as we could go, just walking, uh, you can call it marching in place, and, uh, and, and why would I want to do that? Well, stamina is, uh, is important. Now, if I, had, if I had gone through the room client by client and asked them, you think you could go outside right now and walk a mile? Or if I rephrased that a little bit and said, do you think you could walk a mile in 20 minutes? Uh, some of them say, oh, I don't know, I might could, it'd take me longer than 20 minutes. But by pushing them a little bit in the training forum, I can show them that they can press a little bit and that they can accomplish a certain distance that maybe they were unsure of previously. So I'd like to think when they walked out of classes this week, they went, well, by gosh, I, I can manage a pretty good clip long enough to cover a mile if I needed to, if I had to. And that's a real confidence builder. It just is. Because uh, if we don't know what we're capable of and it never gets tested, uh, you know, we just don't know. But I'd like to think that uh, for all those who participated with me this week, 
they now have a little more confidence in themselves that they can move for a pretty, at a pretty brisk clip for a pretty good period of time. And, and now they have the knowledge that all of the cardio training they've been doing with me over the last year or so has paid off that they didn't get just plum tuckered out uh, by the experience. You know, when working with the senior population, there's all kind of stuff going on. You know, people have had hip replacements, they've had knee replacements. Uh, they have a history of injuries, perhaps, that may have happened in an automobile accident or a slip and fall at some point. And so, you know, it's not a level playing field when you take a, a group of seniors that range from uh, right now about 60 to 88 years old and say, okay, we're all going to walk a mile together. Uh, I heard some sighs in the classroom, but that's okay. That's okay. Everybody participated and everybody did the best they could. And, you know, I would argue, what if you only made it a half mile at a pretty brisk pace? Well, that's pretty good. You know, at least you know that you can do that without passing out or uh, getting heart palpitations or, or getting so winded you couldn't hardly catch your breath. So I believe in the benefits of a power walk, of a speed walk, of a, a jog, the occasional sprint. Now, I can't do that and talk at the same time. Trust me, you don't want to hear that. But uh, since I started the podcast, I have not slowed my pace, not one iota. Just walking along, talking, thinking as I go, talking off the cuff, because really that's what a podcast is. You know, a podcast is, is uh, nothing really special. It's just a, a person like me who has a particular interest, in my case, it's senior fitness, talking about his experiences and... Uh, and his beliefs and things he's learned and things that might be worthwhile for you to try if you can. And I personally contend that you should try to do the daily walk. 30 minutes, I don't care what pace you do it, if it's slow, if it involves a cane or even a walker, 30 minutes would be, would be ideal. But even if you had to break it down in chunks and do, say, three 10-minute walks, still good. Because when we're on our feet, our ankles, knees, and hips are bearing the load of our weight. Lots of muscles are working together to, to make us go forward, to make us go backward, to make us step to the side. Uh, you know, a lot of your body is getting exercised just in a simple, simple walk. Uh, the good thing about it is if you have to walk solo, you can control the speed, you can control the time, but I really do prefer training groups of people where we're all doing the same thing or essentially the same thing. And, you know, and then it doesn't have the 
the lonely factor or the decision-making factor where you have to think, okay, well, I walked 25 minutes. Is that enough? You know, uh, I don't think I can do five more minutes or, okay, I did the walk thing that the trainer said I should do, but uh, now I've got to go do some weightlifting exercises with some dumbbells or, or something for the sake of strength training. And, you know, it's kind of hard unless you've got some kind of formal guide, a checklist perhaps, of the kinds and numbers of lifts you're going to do with weights. And that's another point where having an organized fitness class like sale classes that I teach or silver sneakers or probably any of a dozen other name brands of group exercise programs, that's what it pays to have an instructor who can just take you right through the steps. All you have to do is do the lifts. You don't have to plan. You don't have to think. You just entrust that your instructor knows what he's doing. That's why it's important to have somebody that has certifications. Uh, and that the whole goal of your fitness program is to exercise as much of your body as is conceivably possible in 45 minutes to an hour. That's cardio, some balance work, and definitely the strength training. More and more lately, I've heard the experts talking about the critical value of strength when it comes to aging. And there's some things I say in my classes quite often that may sound offensive to you, but trust me, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just being frank. And one of the things I say is everything goes pretty good until grandpa can't get up easily anymore. And when he can't get up easily anymore, he doesn't get up as often. He doesn't do as much. His motivation to go places and do things uh, goes down. He'd rather just stay home, maybe sit in his recliner, maybe sit out on the back porch or the front porch and, uh, and, and do pretty much nothing at all. Maybe read a book, watch TV, listen to the radio. But same thing applies for grandma. Everything, everything goes pretty good until the difficulty in just standing up and say going from the bedroom to the bathroom or from the bedroom to the kitchen, from the dining room to the, the den, when all of that becomes exponentially more difficult, uh, people tend to do it less, you know, and, you know, everything seems to be a, a chore that requires extraordinary physical effort to get to the other room for whatever need. Maybe it's to take medicine. Maybe it's to go to the bathroom to relieve oneself. But when it gets hard to get up and you progress through the stages uh, of using a cane, using a, a walker or, or whatever, then the disengagement from everyday activity goes way up. 
and and the quality of life goes way down. So if you're listening to this podcast, and I hope you are, I hope you're still listening at this point. I don't even know if this will be good because, you know, I'm walking and talking. But I hope that you're thinking futuristically about yourself. That you're trying to imagine where you will be physically and in your capabilities in five to ten years. In five years, I'll be 71. Or pretty close to it. That used to seem like an old person to me, but it, it doesn't anymore. In 10 years, I will be 70, almost 76. Well, you know, I think back over the last 10 years, and 10 years really isn't a long time. It used to seem like a long time, but it really isn't. Uh, it seems like just yesterday that my wife and I up roots from the Alabama Gulf Coast and moved to northeast Alabama to live in the mountains. And, uh, you know, well, that's 13 years ago. And that time has just flown by. It seems like just yesterday I was renting a U-Haul truck and loading everything from washing machines and appliances to bedroom and living room furniture into a truck and 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 driving north with it but now we've been here years and years and years and and we're looking forward at least in 10-year chunks about how we're going to maintain our health you know how we're going to maintain our strength how we're going to maintain our ability where range of motion is concerned how we're going to parse out work around our home such that it's in doable chunks. You know, I have a lot of pruning to do on the place where I live now. It's a nice home. Whoever landscaped it many decades ago used a lot of holly bushes and shrubs and trees. And and it's in its growth spurt season right now. And uh so I used to could do the whole thing in one day. And then I could barely pick my arms up the next day. And so so now I I take it in chunks. I, I'll do about half today and half tomorrow. And my body seems to handle that okay. But uh you know, what about ten years from now? I, I think about is it reasonable that I'll still be doing all this stuff then? I think it is. I think it is. A 75-year-old man is is not father time. You know, he's, he's just a 75-year-old guy. And if he takes care of himself and he stays strong and he keeps doing the exercise that he needs to do, like this walk that I'm on right now, uh, 75 is going to be very doable. And fortunately for me, I've got examples of in people that I train who are already at 75 or pushing 80. And they're doing quite well. And so I kind of aspire to be like them. I might be their fitness instructor, 
but they are my role models. And I embrace the fact that uh, they're teaching me while I teach them. And they're persistent. They don't like missing their exercise classes because they know the value of it. Well, folks, I've been walking along here talking, uh, I don't know, about 30 minutes now. Uh, by the way, you probably can't tell, but I've been in cardio for quite some time. My heart's clicked along at about 116, 118 beats a minute. But if I want to step that up a little bit, I'm going to have to turn off the mic and close this podcast out. Uh, thank you for listening to the Pushing 60 Side podcast. Uh, it hasn't been my primary focus in recent weeks uh, because uh, I have another primary interest. We're developing a, a class, a fitness class, to be taught two days a week at another location to be announced, but it'll be here in Fort Payne, Alabama. So if you're a listener in Fort Payne, uh, listen for the announcements. If you follow me on Facebook, I'll put it there. And if you follow me on the podcast, I'll put it out here. The big difference between the classes we're going to start offering and ones we offer now is the classes that are coming will be open up to people of all ages, but you had to you have to be at least an adult to participate. So whereas we started sale classes at age 60 and over, uh, these classes, I hope to get young moms, young dads, uh, young grandparents in the mix with us and give them a good workout opportunity too. So looking forward to launching that in August. It's just one of those things. But uh, when we looked at how we were reaching the community here, uh, there's a lot more people that could benefit from some really good quality exercise. Uh, with the incidence of heart disease happening to younger and younger people, with the incidence of type two diabetes happening in younger and younger people. I believe that a focused effort on one's fitness creates a focus on one's diet. A focus on one's fitness and diet turns into fit, uh, a focus on one's overall health. And maybe, just maybe, we can reach some people through these new classes that are at a good place to turn things around before they get seriously ill with heart disease, diabetes, or any other obesity-related complication. And uh, maybe they'll be better parents and grandparents for it. Uh, and maybe one day they'll be really super great-grandparents who serve as role models for their entire families. That's going to close it out for tonight. Uh, I say tonight because the sun is slipping behind Sand Mountain to my west. And uh, I'm getting ready to step up the cardio here. And all I could do is invite you to join me. In fact, uh, take your earbuds and your phone and listen to the podcast and uh, get you a good brisk walk in. I'll be right there with you. May the good Lord bless you. Sometimes, even when I try my best, I make a few minor mistakes. And on this podcast, I was talking about the Bradford pear tree. And I said, when it blooms in the fall, everyone who lives here knows that Bradford pears 
bloom in the spring. Just as a point of clarification, I wanted to add this to the podcast. Thanks for listening.